Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast, Island Nile. I'm your host Sarah and I hope you enjoy. Today's episode is quite a heavy one. I will give a quick trigger warning before I get into it, but today's episode involves the death of newborn infants and it it can be very heavy and I'm not going to say graphic but like a small bit graphic not insanely graphic so just if those things are a trigger to you please just maybe click out of this episode and come back next week (laughs) um because it's more important that you and your mental health are okay and I don't want anyone to get upset after after listening to this episode Today's episode is the Kerry Babies case. It's actually a very well-known case, as far as I'm aware. I won't lie, I was not aware of the case myself until I actually started researching it, but I wasn't born when all of this happened, so that's probably why I don't know. Um, But anyways, we'll just get into it. On the 14th of April, 1984, a local man walking on the White Strand in Carsevine, County Kerry, came across the washed up remains of a newborn baby boy. And this baby boy was stuffed in a plastic bag. Upon examination, it appeared the baby had several stab wounds. And later in the post-mortem, the guards discovered that the baby was roughly no older than five days old and had been deceased for two days upon discovery. A local priest or preacher, not quite sure which, because he did have a daughter and priests can't have children in the Catholic Church. So I'm not quite sure what he was, but I'll just refer to him as a priest because it's just easier for me (laughs) and maybe even for you. But anyways, this local priest baptized the baby at the White Strand when he was discovered and named him Baby John in reference to John the Baptist. Now, this case ended up raising a number of questions up in Dublin because that is where the important parts of the guards and, you know, investigations are is up in Dublin. A number of questions were raised, which resulted in six members of the murder squad, which was an investigation squad, really. The murder squad was headed by Superintendent John Courtney and him and the six members had to come down to Kerry and take over the case. And they began by going house to house, searching for any evidence they could find. Just under Superintendent Courtney, there was two specialist interrogators, Detective Sergeant Jerry O'Carroll and Detective Garda PJ Brown. And those three members of the murder squad are the main members that we will be focusing on in this case. As part of their investigation, the Gerdes decided to check multiple maternity hospitals just to see if there was any women with recent pregnancies. And as well as searching hospital records, they also ensured to keep an ear out for, you know, typical town gossip and rumours. Um, Superintendent Courtney held a conference with the Tralee Garda Force and outlines the details of Baby John's murder. However, Superintendent Courtney intentionally stated that the baby had been stabbed numerous times in the back when that was in fact 
not true. And soon after searching through the hospital files, they discovered that a woman from just outside Tralee was in hospital claiming to have had a miscarriage, but the doctors suspected that she actually carried the baby to full term. And this woman's name was Joanne Hayes. Joanne Hayes was a 25-year-old mother to a young girl, and she lived and grew up on her family farm in Abidorne. Not only did she have her little girl, but she was also expecting a baby. But as I said, unfortunately, she says that she had had a miscarriage. As a result of all this, Joanne and the rest of the Hayes family were put under suspicion by the murder squad. The following morning, which at this point would be the 1st of May, Courtney sent teams of detectives to the Hayes family farm and sent another lot of detectives to the local sports centre in Tralee, where Joanne worked as a receptionist and brought not only Joanne in for questioning, but the rest of the Hayes family as well. The family was all questioned separately. Courtney appointed detectives Brown and O'Carroll to interrogate Joanne. And from what the Hayes family have said, the way that they were treated by the guards was absolutely diabolical. Joanne said they were, quote, roaring and screaming. I was crying the whole time. They really frightened me, end quote. Throughout all of this, the guards were interrogating Joanne in regards to baby John. However, Joanne was actually completely unaware of this. She thought that they were interrogating her about the baby that she did in fact bring to full term. However, this baby was not baby John. Joanne had given birth to a baby on the family farm, but after giving birth, her baby stopped breathing and with the adrenaline of it all, she freaked and she left the baby on the hay until the following morning. When the following morning came around, she took the body of her now deceased newborn and secretly hid the body somewhere on the farmland. And this is why she thought that they had taken her into custody. When Joanne found out they were interrogating her in regards to the death of baby John, she pleaded with the guards to allow her to show them where her baby was, but Superintendent Courtney wouldn't allow it. And despite the guards' efforts during the day, they couldn't find the baby on the farmland. Back in the Garda station, Joanne and her family um, continued to be questioned. Ned Hayes, Joanne's brother, said, quote, We went in at 12 o'clock and it was 10 past 1 the following morning when we got home. At one stage, we were told we wouldn't be left home unless we signed the statement. End quote. Ned also continues to describe the ill treatment they had been put through during their time in interrogation. He said that he was beat behind his kidneys and then put on the ground and had his head pulled back while the detective was kneeling on his back. After many hours of brutal interrogation, the whole family signed statements in regards to the murder. Ned's statement said that he and his brother Mike put the deceased baby in the bag and threw him into the water. Joanne's mother's statement said that Joanne used a brush to beat the baby. And lastly, Joanne confessed that she was the mother of baby John and that she was responsible for his murder. Her statement said, quote, On the way back to the bathroom, I picked up the white bath brush and went to the cabinet in the kitchen and picked up the carving knife with the brown timber handle. The baby cried when I hit it and I stabbed it with the carving knife in the chest and all over the body. I turned the baby around and I also stabbed him in the back. The baby stopped crying after I stabbed him. There was blood everywhere on the bed 
and there was also blood on the floor, end quote. However, as we all know, baby John was not stabbed in the back. Superintendent Courtney had lied to the detectives about that, and that's why the detectives had it in her statement. So, this already proves, because it was, one, it was a false confession, but two, it had incorrect facts in it. And I don't understand why Superintendent Courtney even said that he was stabbed in the back because it, it doesn't even come it's it, it's no relevance for the rest of the case and it's just oh you know it's just irritating <laughs> joanne claimed quote why i signed my statement was because they told me they were going to bring my mom in and charge her with murder as well and put my little girl into an orphanage they were going to sell the farm as well end quote Despite the family's statements in regards to the horrendous treatment that they were subject to, all detectives involved heavily deny any accusations of ill-treatment. Detective Jerry O'Carroll said that the fear he instills in people was proof of a, quote, good interrogator. You didn't have to touch them to do that, end quote. Might I add, in the RTE Crimes and Confessions episode on the Harry Babies, Jerry makes an appearance, which is where I got that recent quote from, and he just seems so hostile when he's challenged by the interviewer. I'll link the episode in the description if you do want to watch it, but the man just seems so frustrated any time he's challenged. But anyways, back to the case. <laughs> Later that night, Joanne was charged with the murder of baby John and her family was charged with concealing the birth of a baby. She was put in a cell and stayed there until Wednesday. On Wednesday, she was brought to Tralee District Court where she finally got to speak with her solicitor. Her solicitor was the young Pat Matten who knew her from her job. When Pat met Joanne and the rest of the family, he said, quote, I just noted how small and fragile she was when she was upset. Kathleen was upset as well. Ned and Mike were like two lads wondering what they were doing there. End quote. The first thing Joanne said to Pat was that she was being charged with the murder of baby John, the baby found in Carcevine, which if you're not familiar with how far away Carcevine and Abby Dorney actually are, Abby Dorney is where um, Joanne is from, which is kind of up north of Kerry, whereas Carcevine is down like southwest. And it is an hour and 10 minute drive from Abby Dorney to Carcevine. And considering when this case was going on, not everyone had cars. So even if they didn't have a car and they were to walk there, it would be 14 hours and 28 minutes to walk from Abby Dorney to Carcevine. And I know that she could have just gone to the coast and thrown the baby into the sea and it could have travelled around Carcevine. But if you look at a map of Kerry, there is like, like pieces of land that stick out. It's not a smooth coast. So there is like this chunk of land in between where you could throw the baby in up by Abidorne and it for it to come down around by Carcevine. Like it's just, it's so unlikely. It, I think anyways, I think that it is so unlikely just based off of looking at the map of Kerry and seeing where Abby Dorney is and seeing where Carcevine is. It's just, just go and look for yourselves and you'll get what I'm saying. And, oh, 
yeah, it's just, it's just, oh, my head, my head. I can't grasp it. I can't grasp it. I don't know how the detectives were thinking that this was going to work. But in terms of evidence, the guards had absolutely none. All the guards had was the confessions or the statements that were signed by the families. That's all they had. They had no physical evidence connecting the Hayes family to baby John. While waiting in the courtroom, Joanne manages to get a message to Kathleen, who then approaches Pat, the solicitor, and tells him, Now, this message changes everything. Joanne told Kathleen where the body of her deceased baby was. So Kathleen went back to the farm with Ned and Mike to search for the baby. But Pat told them not to disturb anything, and if they find anything at all, to ring him. And can you believe it? They rang him and told him they found something in the ditch. So the guards went out to the farm and found the body of Joanne's baby in the ditch. And the most infuriating thing about this is that Joanne told them exactly where the baby's body was, but they told her that she was lying. They told her she was lying. And like just to rewind this moment the guards apparently searched the farm and if she told them where the baby was and they were searching the farm do not think they would have checked to see if the baby was there either that or they saw the baby was there and completely ignored it just so that they could get their way with this case and blame her for the death of baby john in case you can't tell this case is really infuriating to me personally um <laughs> but anyways this is when the guards case started to crumble because not only did they find Joanne's baby but the blood results had come back that proved that baby John's blood was different to both Joanne's blood and the baby's blood from the, the baby that they found on the farm. Making it extremely unlikely that Joanne was the mother of both the baby on the farm and baby John, the one she confessed to killing. And now that the guards' original theory had fallen apart, they had to create a new one. And this is when you just know that they are reaching so far. Their new theory was that the two babies were in fact Joanne's and that they were twins, but with different fathers. Just let that sink in for a minute. Twins, but with different fathers. Now, I'm aware it's not impossible, but it is very rare. The guards had said that Joanne had released two eggs that month, and when they had been inseminated, they were actually inseminated by two different men. But bringing us back to the RTE Crimes and Confessions episode, Dr. Vicky Conway was on it, and she said it has a, quote, one in a million chance that that would happen, end quote. Which, I mean, come on. Superintendent Courtney couldn't find an expert witness to collaborate his new theory that the two deceased babies were twins but with different fathers. Detectives even said it was highly unlikely that Joanne was the mother of baby John but despite all that they still would not drop the case against her. Instead they made another new theory and in this theory they claimed that Joanne didn't have two babies but three. Yeah yeah three babies. They said that the third baby was murdered in the house and that she had her family dispose of the baby at sea. So essentially the third baby is the one she confessed to murdering. 
as you can see, Superintendent Courtney is persistent on charging the Hayes family, despite all the evidence proving their innocence. So the family were kept in custody, and Joanne's cousin, Paddy Fuller, who posted bail on her behalf, actually described the family as, quote, an ordinary family living in Abidorney, farming there their whole life. There would be a teacher in the family, a nun in the family, highly respected family, lovely family, end quote. Numerous locals were furious with the charges against Joanne and were prepared to collect as much money as they could to pay to fight the case in court. Five months later, in September 1984, Courtney and his colleagues had a meeting with the DPP, which is the District of Public Prosecutions, where they were told that the prosecution could not go ahead. Then, on the 10th of October, the case was returned to court where all charges against Joanne and the Hayes family were dropped. Hey everyone, so mid-recording this, I, I actually recorded these on like two separate dates. So just a heads up, in this next, like, next little segment, my voice will probably be coming and going in it because I was out at the weekend and I kind of lost my voice. So just don't take any notice to that. My voice might sound a bit um, rough, but just don't take much notice. In November 1984, the Garda Commissioner sent his report to the Minister for Justice, and this said that the detectives were, quote, grossly negligent in their handling of the case, end quote. This information was not public knowledge at the time. On the 7th of January, the Kerry Babies Tribunal begins at the Tree Courthouse. The tribunal, for those who don't know, it is a specialist judicial body which decides disputes in particular areas of law. And the whole purpose of this tribunal was to look into the ill treatment of the guards and to answer the question of how innocent people all signed false allegations all in the same day. This tribunal was led by Mr. Justice Kevin Lynch and in the tribunal, the Hayes family were nothing but witnesses. They weren't on trial, they were just witnesses. But of course, that wasn't how they ended up being treated. Joanne was called to the stand and questioned about her daughter's father, Jeremiah Locke, who was a married man and asked her a number of other questions in what my opinion are completely irrelevant, such as inquiring about a previous miscarriage she had, the size of her clots and other menstruation details. Altogether, Joanne spent five days on the stand, which is the longest time anyone had ever spent on the stand in Irish history. And over the course of those two days, she answered over 2,000 questions to a room full of men. A room full of men about her menstruation and the size of her clots in her menstruation. I'm sorry if that was me. No, thank you. No, thank you. One of the journalists even wrote, quote, she was being torn like a rag doll in the witness box, end quote. It was also brought to our attention during this questioning that Joanne had to be sedated at times because of how stressful the situation was for her. There was absolute uproar by the locals. A picket line was even outside the courthouse, consisting of friends, family, colleagues, and so on. They were all holding signs saying things such as, Abby Dorney supports Joanne, and quote, 
tribunal or trial, end quote. Her cousin Potty said, quote, everyone supported her 100%, not 99, end quote. It caused such controversy that Mr. Justice Kevin Lynch had to leave the courthouse with guards to see him out, while the women and even the men stood outside the courthouse, surrounded him yelling, quote, who's on trial, end quote. On the 3rd of October, Lynch published his final report, and in this report, Lynch painted Joanne as a malicious liar. And not only did he paint her as a malicious liar, he also presented her aunt and her mother as malicious liars as well. Quote, the family lied through their teeth, end quote, is what the judge stated in his judgment. She went on to write a book about what happened, which then resulted in Detective Brown and Detective O'Carroll and one other colleague suing her for libel and using defamatory words and she ended up apologizing to them for this and after all of this happened the murder squad was actually disbanded in 2018 three decades later the Gardaí apologized to joanne and she received a sum of money in compensation however it was not disclosed to the public how much she actually got they also said that the garda forensic science determined for certain that Joanne was not the mother of baby John. Then in December 2020, the tribunal findings were overturned, nullifying it, as the Hayes constitutional rights had been breached. Despite all allegations of police brutality within his force, John Courtney was promoted to chief superintendent. In the early morning of the 14th of September 2021, baby John's body was exhumed and re-examined, and then placed back in his spot at the Holy Cross Cemetery that evening. The guards are continuing to appeal for any information in regards to baby John's death because to this day, we still don't know who killed baby John. We don't know who killed this small five-day-old baby, stabbing him multiple times and then stuffing him in a bag. It's actually just sickening that someone can do this and get away with it. I can't help but think that if the guards had actually gone and looked into other people instead of focusing so hard on Joanne, that this whole thing could have been solved. We might have actually got justice for baby John, but unfortunately we didn't. And the guards are still looking into it. So I will have some details in the description in regards to what place you can contact and whatnot. The investigation is now taking place in Killarney Garda Station. That is where baby John's, I'm not going to say his remains because I don't know if it was his remains that were brought back there, but the findings that they got when they exhumed his remains, that all went back to Killarney Garda Station instead of Tralee. So they are now in charge of trying to figure out who killed baby John because Killarney is closer to Kersadine than Trilly would be. Um, so there's a number for the Killarney Garda station in the description. There's also a Garda confidential line. If you want to bring forward information, but you want to remain anonymous, or you can contact any Garda station, maybe your local Garda station if you live in Ireland, and they can contact the Killarney guards. If you do have any information, please do contact them. Even if you have the tiniest bit of information or you know anyone who's a tiny bit of information, please do contact the guards so that hopefully we can get justice for baby John. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to 
contact me and correct me on pronunciation on words, names, places. And just a quick reminder, if you have any information, that all the sources are down in today's episode's description. Okay, everyone, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, follow the podcast. If you didn't, nice seeing you, I guess. Goodbye. Um, There's links to my TikTok account and my Instagram in the description if you want to give those a follow as well. If not, again, that's cool. Goodbye. See you later. Um, And I hope to see you next time. Bye, guys.